Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. And welcome to another episode of the Board Game Snobs. What are you doing? This is your host, Gabby. You're supposed to say go. Okay, say say go. Just because I'm under the weather. Say go. I am recovering from food poisoning. That's Jerry. I ate two kaloshis from the Daylight Donuts. They were not. <laughs> they were not. I ate. They who were, who poisoned your food? Well, I don't think they poisoned them. I think the fact that they were a week old. I really thought you were fixing to say two colostomies, which I'm glad you didn't. Because that would be really disgusting. And no wonder you got sick. How would you have dual colostomies? I, you said I ate two colostomies. Colostomies. That's the pig in a blanket, right? That's the fancy pig in a blanket. Ooh. It's like an, uptown. A, penthouse. It's like in a croissant. That pig ain't in a blanket. He's in a penthouse. He's in a... He's in a... He's in a croissant. An Afghan. <laughs> he's in a fancy blanket. Mmm. Mmm. That's right. Uh, I ate a very suspect Kalashi too, to be exact, at my place of business, not realizing that they were a week old. And that has produced 48 hours worth of nausea and diarrhea, for which the point that I get to is that I went and had to buy some Pepto-Bismol. I love Pepto-Bismol. The pink stuff. Yes. And I was shocked to find that my wife did not have this readily on hand. She is not a big believer in Pepto. She says Redly Scott. She doesn't think we reuse it. And I tell you what, having food poison will make you feel alien. You'll be <laughs> You thought something was bursting from your stomach. <laughs> but in reverse. <laughs> wouldn't that have been weird? No, I ain't going there. But like <laughs> I know instead that, of bursting my ear. Instead of coming instead of bursting out of your stomach, it's bursting out of other Orifices. Orifices. I like the word. I love orifice. that show with Michael Scott. Mm, the orifice. The orifice. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, Jerry, you know, you were talking the other day. Jim Hernia. <laughs> what? You were talking about. Oh, never mind. I, completely underrated. I just wrote down let's bend an Eldo. Uh, an Eldo. Eldo? Come on over here, boy. Eldo Baggins. <laughs> Eldo Baggins. Let's take the ring to Mordor. <laughs> I have yet to watch that. I, I know Dan Hughes keeps saying I need to watch that, but I don't want to watch Dildo Baggins take some ring, climb some mountain, and throw it in the volcano. I ain't got six, seven hours of my life to watch that. It's fine. It's really good. Okay, I just went from fine to really good. That's a stretch. It's probably been 15 years since I watched him, so I don't know. It has Vigo Mortison, which I really like him. Vigo Mortison. I, he did uh, that horse, though. I don't like horses. Because horses? Why oh, the long yeah. face? Because <laughs> he was like riding a horse out in the desert, right? He rode Hidalgo. It was apparently Hidalgo. Yes, yes. That was a great show. And he went out to the desert on a race and won. Spoiler alert. You know, I don't know why I write stuff down sometimes. Right. Because I'll have stuff written down like, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this. But it doesn't matter because we go off on so many tangents. I don't get on tangents. I stay zero in. I'm ready. Okay. Tell me what you want to talk about. Nothing. Like literally nothing. No, I just from your I diary. had written down. Let's bend an elbow together. You ever heard that phrase? Let's bend an elbow. Is that like eat? No, drink. You're oh, bending your elbow. Oh, that's I've not heard that expression. Bend an elbow. 
do some chin wagging. You heard chin wagging? I've never heard that either. You never heard of chin wagging? No, I've heard chin wagging, but I knew that's like talking, like you're wagging your chin. Or it's a wagon full of chins. Do you know? Dead corpses. No, no. Or one giant chin. Like those big faces on the island in Chile. That's what they called when they moved those big faces off that island in Easter Chile. Easter Island? Easter Island. They had big chins. So they, they needed some chin wagons. They all look like Jay Leno. <laughs> yes. That's Leno Island. <laughs> the Jay Leno of statues. All right, right now. I'm, uh, wait, stop for a second. Jay Leno. Okay. Okay, rank them. Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien. David Letterman, tell me about him. Jimmy Fallon, I don't even like him. I'm a Conan David J. That's and a, the only reason. I agree with you on that. Okay. Most people put David Letterman ahead, like he's all the go. Uh, but uh, he, he kind of seems like a jerk to me. Dave's not that funny. Jay Leno's a jerk. Jay Leno's like a no, Jay Leno's like the behind your back jerk, as he proved in Conan O'Brien's situation. Let me tell you about Conan O'Brien. The funniest thing, Coney, Coney O'Brien. Coney Island O'Brien. Footlong Coney <laughs> cheese. Footlong foot O'Brien. All of our uh, I sonic. Bet <laughs> I bet there's nobody. There is nobody who knows about a footlong cheese Coney if you're not from Oklahoma. I don't think so- Sonic is an Oklahoma restaurant. Surely. Okay. Well, no, they don't have them in Alaska. I know for a fact because they don't have drive-ins. No. But there is a business called Sonic, which you don't go into. It's all a drive through There's like 15 or 20 parking spots that you park you push a button and they bring you food out. You don't ever get out of your car, and there's a foot long cheese coney, which is basically a fancy hot dog. The I drive in very predominant in the movie Dazed and Confused. I digress. Foot long cheese coney O'Brien. Foot long cheese He coney did O'Brien. one of the best bits on With tots. He did one of the best bits on late night ever. He was on NBC when they got the rights to one of the most popular and the cheesiest. Television series of all times. I'm talking about Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, yeah. And Conan O'Brien did this skit where he would pull a lever at random and they would show an out of context Walker, Texas Ranger (laughs) skit. Please get on YouTube and Google this. Walker, Texas Ranger, Conan O'Brien. Your life will be complete. For all of our European listeners, if you do not know who Walker, Texas Ranger is, you also must not know who uh, Chuck Norris is. Everybody knows who Chuck Norris is. Chuck Norris. Lone Wolf McQuaid. Taught my mom karate. No, he did not. My mom was a purple belt. Oh, my God. Like, the- literally, you come to me with a new thing from your life that just sounds made I'm going to call my mother. And let me guess, that karate chop he taught your mom is what you used to get the guy out of the submerging sub- suburban in the pond. I would not karate chop somebody without their consent. <laughs> May I punch you, sir? <laughs> be ready to be incapacitated. And no, uh, so for real, for in the eighties, Chuck Norris was an action star. Briefly, like he tried to be like Steven Stagall. He had several, yeah, B grade movies. So what they did was Lone they, Wolf McQuaid being the best of the bunch. That's yeah, my favorite. Oh, or Delta Force. <sighs> Delta Force was good. I'd have to rewatch it. But rewatch go ahead. it. So. They decided to make a cop show about the Texas Rangers, which are basically the highway patrolmen of Texas. And they hired Chuck Norris to be the main star. Chuck Norris cannot act. They decided during this long-running television series to make it as cheesy as possible. And once they realized that that was the case, they just leaned into it. They actually had Chuck Norris Sing the theme song in season two. When the eyes of the ranger are upon you. He sang it 
And they thought that was a good idea. And then next season, they're like, no, we can't have you do that. Like, he didn't really sing it. He just did spoken word. Can we, can we go back to Chuck Norris teaching your mother karate? He taught my mother, my mother, who's five foot two, slightly overweight. But my mother also, like, participates in various type of, I don't want to say yoga, but Pilates. Martial arts? Yes. She's like 67 years old. And she can still, to this day, kick you in the face. She is a very... Mm agile woman like i fear no i i she could fight somebody off she could fight you and if i if my mom my are you saying you would take your mom over me in a fight absolutely my whatever. mom would beat you down whatever no i would tackle her no and just sit on her you don't understand you no, wouldn't be able I to tackle be able to. Her. i'm quick as a cat you are yeah you i'm think big but quick, fast but you get kicked <laughs> in the face i wouldn't i wouldn't get kicked in the face you would get kicked in the belly and I all don't that <laughs> inertia with like, <laughs> like that cannonball hitting the guy in the stomach in slow motion. I'm not saying that that's what happened, but anyways, in Chuck Norris, Walker, Texas Ranger. Has anyone ever called him Charles Norris? It doesn't have the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same, Charles. <laughs> Charles Norris the Third. Everybody in their, he started off in Downton Abbey. It, well, everybody and their dogs was a bad guy in Chuck Norris, and they were so cheesy. Like, literally every B actor ever. I met somebody who was a bad guy on Chuck oh Norris. Oh, my God. Well, of course you did. I worked with his wife. She was a phlebotomist at this hospital. And her husband, who literally had never acted in his life, answered a casting call for, and I kid you not, I kid you not, they wanted a mean-looking Native American to play a bad guy on Chuck Norris. Mm. Her husband, who had no acting experience, he worked at a lumber yard, applied, got it, one show, one episode, that was it. Literally everybody and their dogs, if you live in southeastern Oklahoma, you have been... Where was it filmed at? It was southeastern Oklahoma, northern Texas. Oh, I thought it it was like down in Houston. No, it was local. Chuck Norris was Dallas. Huh. Yeah. I remember that show, The Good Guys, had the it was sp- supposedly cops in Dallas. Chuck Norris, 81 years old, by the way, now. Is he? He doesn't look a day over. 75. 80, 80, yeah, he looks good. <laughs> He's still in good shape. I saw him on TikTok punching. He yeah. Could, he could still take so me So if people don't understand, Chuck Norris was a karate master that had one move, and that was the roundhouse kick. He would kick you in the Fred, face. You don't need no other move. If you could kick somebody in the face, well, I don't know what momentum that gives you when you spin around real fast, but apparently that's a lot. So is it like, oh, he's leaving. He's leaving the fight. Oh, no. Full circle. Full circle. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see that coming. Like, I would assume that as soon as I saw someone spin around, I would just duck. <laughs> like, if I would duck, like that, what would he do if I ducked oh, one I time? And you kicked and I wasn't whiff. there. Oof. I've never, has he ever missed? It was never depicted in the show. <laughs> I do appreciate, though, that every time Chuck Norris in the film would shoot a gun, that man has never fired a pistol in his life. He would shoot his revolver. He had like a thirty-eight uh, pearl-handled, nickel-cated revolver. Coated. Like it would, like he'd shoot it out like this, like he'd run around, like <laughs> not, around lo- the corner. not looking at down the sights. It was awful. That Chuck was- Norris don't need sights. Why would you? You can just look, and he just bends the bullet the, to his The bullet goes where his eyes seek out. Anyways, Chuck Norris. If you don't know who Chuck Norris is, you need to get to know him. How did we get off on this? Oh, that was from your journal. Uh, I don't even remember. Did you know that honey is the only natural food that never spoils? I did know that, because they found honey in like Egypt that they dated to be like two or 3,000 years old. So they, you could go eat that. You could eat that. That is now, absolutely insane. Natural honey. 
not the stuff that you buy in the store, but like legit honey. Because some of the store stuff, they like, they not pasteurized. Made from the thorax of bees. Yes. How do bees make money? How do they make honey? Like that. (laughs) Easy. Easy, Easy, big fella. Easy, big fella. Uh, Who makes the honey? The the drones. How do they make it? They they rub their hands together. (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question. Do they secrete it? Did you know that you were talking about terms and words? And I wanted to I wanted to throw this out there. Okay. Don't quote me on this. I never do. But a bathroom. Not once ever have I quoted you. Why is it called a bathroom? Even if it doesn't have a bath in it. I don't know. Because it's not named after the bath. It's named after a female serial killer with the last name of Bathney or Bathy, who would go in to bathrooms, or what they used to call water closets, mm. to kill her victims. The loo, if you're in England. And clean up and bathe in their blood, was oh the term. God. Are you serious? Is I'm this real? dead serious. Did you get these facts off TikTok? Uh, Matthew Jude or somebody. I can't remember. What? This is legit. Look it so up. So it's not because there's a bathtub it in there. It has nothing to do with it. We just took It's because the woman bathed in blood. Of the her victims, which is what I like to do. What about loo? The loo? The loo. The loo is, I would assume... Like, it's like the toilet. Yes. Going to the loo. Going to the loo. I don't know why. So, Australian listeners. Oh, Michael Langford sent us an email that we need to play. Okay, we'll get to that. Please do, because you forgot to play it last time. And we didn't record since he, then. He told me he sent it. No, and you he just him. sent it. Michael Langford is a longtime <laughs> listener from you're down south. You're getting away from my joke. The toilet. The loo. Poor Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> Is it toilet Diamond Phillips in England? He goes to England and transfers his name. Oh, your movies are crap. <laughs> no, he was really good in La Bamba. Oh, that. And uh, what was that one with Denzel? Longmire. With Denzel. Oh, I loved him in Longmire. But there was a movie with him and Denzel. Oh, that's the one with Courage um, Under Fire. Courage Under Fire. Courage Under Fire. With uh, yes, uh, Meg Ryan. Harry and Met Sally. Yes. Meg Ryan. What happened to Meg Ryan? She, what's Meg Ryan's net worth? Like, you know, you would think like in the 90s and early 80s, she, was, she ruled she the movies. She was probably one of the best female, and I hate to use the term I say female actors instead of actresses because I don't like the idea that they gender actor and actresses. You're all actors. Like, I don't care. I hate that term. But anyways. Ooh, 85 million. Not bad, Meg. Ooh, you got cash. And she's only 59. Show me a 59 picture of Meg Ryan. She is still attractive. Yes. She still got it. But I don't, I don't think she acts anymore. No, I don't think she acts professionally. Oh. Maybe in everyday life she does. <laughs> Putting on the front. But not, not up front. She fronting. She went she, from acting to front. She was in that show about angels with, with, where, it was like one of those weird Nicolas Cage movies. That's where that came from. No, Nicolas Cage was an angel. He was cast down from heaven. Was that the thing? City yes. of Angels? And then Sarah McLaughlin, City of Angels, yes. Me and my wife went and watched that together in the movie theater. No, you didn't. We sure you did. did little did we Why know. Why would you go watch little any did we know Cage film how in a theater? How we knew that movie would end. Severely depressing, weird movie. It's an angel cast down from heaven. Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background. That was not a good experience. I'm sad right now, and I don't even know how it was It was about. not a good experience. I like Meg Ryan. Oh, uh, if you don't like Meg Ryan and her movies in which she was just 
a great character, especially to uh, Tom Hanks and Billy. Billy. Yeah. Billy. Uh, that's, she's great. She's great. What I, I, you know who else I miss? Who? And I'm waiting. I did, I'm thrilled to death that the COVID is over. I say over, but I mean like all the lockdowns are lifting because Maverick's going to come out and I'm going to get to see my girl. Jennifer Conley's going to be in Top Gun. Oh, yeah. And I really miss Jennifer Conley. I literally only know Jennifer Conley from The Rocketeer and the one where Russell Crowe saw lots of different things. Uh, she was also in that one where that goofy guy was in the mall. I can't remember the Mannequin. name. Mannequin. No, it's oh. stupid. It's some stupid. But Jennifer Conley was also in Mulholland Drive, which was Never a seen classic it. film. Film noir. Film, I've heard of it. Is it film noir? Film noir? Noir. Noir? Noir Jones. Noir Jones. What? I like her too. Nora Jones. Wait a minute. Who's Nora Jones? She's a singer. Nope. Don't like her. I don't like any singers. I don't like singers. I like singers. Next question on your banter, please. Before so we move on if to you, board if, 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 if natural honey never spoils. So yes. is that why the mosquito was found in that amber? Is amber just no. honey? That's what is amber? Tree sap. I'm bathing in honey from now on. That's all I know. Oh, oh. You're going to attract flies. <laughs> did you know? I did. Speaking of Australia. Aussies. It's the only continent with no active volcanoes. So I guess you could say it's incontinent. That joke made no sense, but in my head, it it's was It's not funny. producing any magma. Mm. So it has no, it has no... No active volcanoes. I'll tell you what. That, it's got everything else. Iceland and Greenland, them places are lighting up. All right, Javik? Over is there? It, is it blowing up right now? They're always lighting up. There are always volcanoes over there. Okay. I wonder if Christopher and Baldy are all right. I'm sure they are. They're very, they they're come from a sturdy people. Send a flare. A sturdy people. Yeah, sturdy they people. are resilient. The Vikings? I would hate to fight a Viking slash Greenlander uh, slash Icelander slash Highlander. They're all they are really the true Highlanders. Uh did you know so okay, but my point was so it's like Australia has everything else that's deadly. It does, but not volcanoes. Most, most deadliest snakes. Deadliest scorpions, deadliest spiders, deadliest jellyfish. I don't know how they're healthy. Great white sharks. They have great white sharks? Great white sharks. Crikey. <laughs> oh, oh, crocodiles. Crocodiles. Alligators. Oh. Actually, I don't know if they have alligators or crocodiles. Uh, he's, he says a cruel could grab you. Okay, so it's, allig- it's crocodiles. Obviously. Alligators. Obviously. Cruel could grab you. Take you down. Yeah, yeah, over and over and over till you stop kicking. Put you in a Craig or Rook. Tenderize a bit. It's good eating. I'll tell you what. That's what you do. That's how you came to know what was important in life was watching Crocodile Dundee and seeing what's it was that actress's name? Don't know. I don't know. But watching Paul Hogan spy on her while she's scantily clad <laughs> and then rush, Dirty old man. Dirty old man rush in and stab a crocodile and she's never like, How did you know? Like why did she question the fact were you watching me bathe? Absolutely not. He was like 50 years old in that movie, wasn't he? He still looks good, Paul Hogan. Linda Koslowski. Linda Koslowski. That's his wife. They're not not together anymore. Did you know, uh, speaking of Crocodile Dundee, the uh, Matthew Berry, like the man when it comes to fantasy football. So it's fantasy foot the weight. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I was really, I was trying to get your attention to cut this off. (laughs) I thought fantasy football was like the lingerie league. Fantasy football is when you just pick the guys and you yes, and Bubba do that thing. Yes. I'm sorry. I was like trying no. to like, don't go this way. This no. is inappropriate. Okay, I'm sorry. I have no clue. 
That's how little I know about this. That would be fantasies of fantasies football. Fantasy football is where you get on the computer. Meg Ryan's my running back. And like, yeah. So you're like, all Mel right. Mel Gibson's my tight end. You just go through and you have 10 of your buddies and you go through in uh, an order and I pick a guy, you pick a guy. Then those guys all compete in whatever their actual stats are that weekend. I used to really be into fantasy football, by the way. Not anymore. Get back into it. But anyway, Matthew Berry was a co-writer of Crocodile Dundee 3. Good for him. Because Crocodile Dundee... And it was a terrible movie. Well, it wasn't horrible. It was all right. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee... Well, well, no, I'm thinking of two. I'm thinking of two. Crocodile Dundee Cro- 2 was actually pretty two. good. Two! To me, I like better than one. No, you cannot you tell gotta me. You got to make a telephone cool. You cannot tell me. Michael Langford doesn't care for my Australian voices. Crocodile Dundee 1, where he's walking over people's heads in that subway. Yes. If you don't get teary-eyed. Like, it's wonderful. Like he's that just, music starts that, to soar. I mean, that was just a, an amazing. New York film. came together to help this Australian get to his girlfriend. Yeah, they're all yelling back at each other, and he's like, well, "Tell her I'll come on over." He just starts walking on people's heads. That, that was, was great. A, that that's was a, a great, great show. scene. That I'm going to watch that scene. show. We're doing it now. We're, we're cutting off the episode. Going to watch Crocodile Dundee. I would do it, but we got to talk about uh, <clears throat> what we're going to talk about. Hold on. Uh, we'll no, get save, to save it for the next episode. No. Uh, Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we get, we get, you don't want to left. dump too much out there for people. <laughs> Are you going to play Michael Langford's voicemail? Yes. Okay. You going to do it now? If you so wish. All right, do it now. Michael Langford has been listening to us for a long time. We're doing it live. He's an Australian listener. Who's the other guy that's been sending us in voicemails? Uh, Joel Stibbard? Joel Stibbard. Joel? Troy, you're about Troy Clohesse. I'm worried about Troy and heard from Troy. Joel, you need to con you need to contact us because I think you and Michael Lankford might be close there in the down under. Y'all might might be neighbors, and you might not know it. Anyways, so Mike, are you ready for Mike? Play it. G'day, Gabby and Jerry. Congratulations on a hundred and fifty plus some more episodes of the board game snobs. Uh, I'm a bit late because, you know, in Australia we do things a bit differently. So you're just going to have to deal with that. Uh, I do have one thing to say to Gabby personally, though. And that is, how dare you? You do the most offensive Australian accent I've ever heard. Especially when you're imitating Jerry's son, Jack. He doesn't sound like an English shoe shiner. So, uh, knock it off. Good work. And I'll, uh, I'll catch you in the next 150. How does he know my kid doesn't sound like you? <laughs> <laughs> Little does he know. Little Jack. That's where you adopted him from, right? You're right. I'm from England. <laughs> from England. England. It's a shoot. You're like, I'll take him. I'll take him. <laughs> how, how much for that one? And he's like, oh, thank you, Teddy. Six farthings. <laughs> Pay the man, Dan. And, uh, and a gold shekel. That's not. That's not what they use. Oh, they use the that's the the queen quid quid. They use quid. They use quids. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about this. 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 Viscounts. Yes. Of the West Kingdom. Visceral counts of the West Kingdom. Viscounts of the West Kingdom is another Shim Phillips game. I think. Oh, McDonald. Oh, he had a farm. I will let you go ahead and laugh that one out because that was not that funny. <laughs> you said it. Did I say it? <laughs> you said it. Okay, I'm sorry. But the guy who did uh, Circadians, which we love. Oh, yeah. Circadians, Circadians first line. Uh, did Mice Counts of the West Kingdom. 
and Vice Counts of the West Kingdom. I hope that you like going in circles because this game is all about Rondells. That's my boy. You go round and round and round. Sam McDonald. Sam, Sam McDonald. Sam J. McDonald. What's J stand for? Jesuits. Jacques. Jacques. Jacques? No. Sam Jacques McDonald. I, why do people utilize their middle initial? Like my name and middle initial is D. I forget yours. Jared D. Um, Gabby A. Yours is uh, A.A. Ron. Mm, that's right. No, it's not. I can't remember your middle name. I, I don't Aurora. Like Aurora Borealis No, it's Moraga. a girl's name. That's why. How dare you put it, me in a box? Because it's a girl's name. You got a girl's it's name. It's Andres. That's what I thought. That's what I told you. It's a girl's it's the same name. It's Andre if I was, if I was French. Uh, Andres. And actually, my nephew is named Andre. Mm, very nice. Anyways, in Viscounts of... I think he's in jail right now, actually. Let me check on Andre. I don't know. R.I.P. He's not dead. But he's in jail. But he's got like five baby mamas he needs to get in touch with. Oh. R- mm. Personal family business. <laughs> Rest in payments. <laughs> Rest in payments. That's what that means. Oh, alimony. Mm. Um, in Discounts of the West Kingdom, you are basically going in circles, playing... These what? cards from your hand. What? Yes, basically what it's like. Uh, I hate to I hate to spoil our semi review of this game. I'm going to. I do not like it. Matter of fact, I think it's probably one of my least favorite Shim Phillips, and I don't really like Shim Phillips games. But this one, out of all the West Kingdom games, I think this is. I don't like Paladins. I didn't. I won't. Know. Matter of fact, I think I hate Paladins. Did we finish Paladins? I don't think. I so. hate Paladins. I think this is a step up above Paladins. I would not. I do not like this game. I feel no need to play it again. I preferred Paladins to this. Okay, that's that's not saying a lot. It's not. But we played Architects. That was first. We actually finished our game of Architects. Architects is pretty good. Like I think I. That's I, not what you said when we played it, but it's the best of the three of of the West Kingdoms. Yes, it's kind of like saying which Rocky movie do you like the best? I, I have. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a Rocky movie all the way through except number one, which is a good one. Rocky two. Which one's the one with Mr. T? That, that he comes in. I, can't I think remember. that's three. That's three. The four Russian is, is the fourth. Four, that's four. If he dies, he dies. Five is with. Uh, that's that's kind of where they go off the chains. Off the chain? Yeah. Then, well, that's good. Then it goes on to be the Expendables. Then it's, <laughs> and it's like it just keeps going. Then he became a uh, a mobster, a comedy mobster. Yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't. Then he threw his mom off a train, didn't he? Uh, do no, you know Stop or My Mom Will Shoot? Stop or My Mom Shoot. That's Stop what I was or My of. Mom Will Shoot. That was a Starring g- Estelle Getty. Uh, yeah. Hashtag Golden Girls. That's right. So what, what I don't like about Vice Counts is simply this. You're given a hand of cards. You draw up to your hand limit, which is generally three, and you place one of these cards on your tableau. And then you utilize this big rondelle, which the artwork on it and is covered in symbols, which I do not like. And the way that since it's circular, it's hard to be able to see what's going on. But you go around this big rondelle and you're doing one of four main actions, which is either you're getting resources, you're picking up these little scrolls that you're going to use to gain victory points, or you're placing your workers, which the worker placement aspect of this game is a joke in my opinion. You're placing your workers inside, get this, another rondelle, 
that is symbolized by a castle in the middle of the board. So it's like a rondelle within a rondelle. It's a rondelle. It's, it's, and there's separate rules for that rondelle because when you get three workers in one spot, they split and they go separate ways. And then you can throw somebody out of the castle. If all this sounds confusing, it's because it is. But the main mechanic of the game is simply play a card into your tableau and then pick an action. And that action allows you, you have a certain strength of that action depicted by the certain symbols on your card. And then on your next turn, you move that card down a little bit. You play another card. On your next turn, you move that card down a bit. You play another another card. You end up with three cards on your tableau. Eventually, one of them falls off, and some of those cards give you bonuses if they fall off. Some of them give you active bonuses as they stay on your tableau, and some of them don't give you any bonuses at all. Anyways, this game was a mess. A mess. I did not like it. I don't like Rondales that much. I certainly don't like it when Rondales are the center point of the game and it's just go in circles and look at symbols and the this everything about this game kind of got me. I don't know why it upset me. The tableau that you play in front of you is okay. It's also, again, this is like, a, I don't know who the first, well, Hansa Teutonica uh, did this where you can upgrade and as you upgrade, you get more bonuses on your home board, scythe-like. Uh, that's fine. The one thing I didn't like about that is the little meeples they use. It's it's a mild inconvenience, but they obstruct your view of your home board. Like what what the the stuff above your little buildings that you can build. The board being a circular fashion, things were obstructed. Again, yes, iconography everywhere. The thing I don't like is when. Like when you go to that castle action, I don't like when things aren't depicted somewhere in the game, either on your player board, a freaking player aid, people. Give me some player aids. The whole castle action, unless you, I mean, it's in the rules and that's it. Oh, so yeah. Then, you have to remember that crap. So let me describe the castle action. So there's this, there's, I don't want to say it's useless. It's the, useless. It's the, the center point of the game is this little round castle that's in the middle of the board. And when your Viscount gets close to this castle, you can place workers into said castle. And the rules go something like this. You have to determine how much strength you have, which determines how many workers you can place inside the castle. And then if there's is it more than three, three, or more. three or more, then you can kick somebody else's out, and then you move them to the left and to the right. And well, you if there's three or more of your own... They can go to the next level of the castle, and they do the same thing there. And that level, if there's three or more, you can send your dude to the next level. But if the three or more, after you've done that action, after you've done the three or more of your own personal action, then those dudes go, you can send them to the or left or to the right on the first tier of the castle. So let me break, and, and let, so let me break this down a little bit about why I have a real problem with this game. One... The choices to make were simply which one of these three cards or four cards, if you expand your hand, I'm not going to place down. So that's not very hard of a choice to me. Like I was never taxed to figure out which one of these cards I'm going to play. After I played them, it was simple choice of, okay, what action am I going to do? Well, there's only four actions. You're going to build buildings. You're going to collect money and trade and get these resources that will help you do other things. Or pick up basically victory points or place workers. It's very simple. And the areas on the board are not depicted that well. 
So you just basically go around this board, and it's it's. There was no real choices to me that I felt like I was stressing to make. Like it seemed like I knew what the best move was going to be. I just have to go through these motions of okay, okay, I'm I'm going to build something. So I'm going to play this card, and I'm going to go here, and now I'm going to pay this much. And da, 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 da. It was very ho hum. It really felt like. It felt like a rondelle, like one of those things that's on a playground that you get on, just spins in circles and circles and circles and circles. And you think it's fun because when you get off, it's you're dizzy. And for a moment, you're like, oh, that was cool. And you realize, no, this made me sick. And I'm frustrated. <laughs> that's what this game made me, was sick and frustrated because I couldn't really plan ahead. I couldn't really think deeply about which strategy I'm going to do because what strategy was there? Was there going to be building buildings? Well, okay. Well, I'm going to buy... Building buildings and putting your people in the castle. Yeah. And so is putting the people in the castle what I want to do? Well, that gives me victory points. Well, is doing this what you want to do? Well, that gives you victory points. Scrolls. I'm I'm really just being pushed towards whatever strategy that's available to me rather than something that I can decide to do. Like at the beginning of the game, I can't go... I'm going to put all my people in this castle and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's the strategy I'm going to do because there might not be cards out there that depict that resource or that Uh ability that I need. And so why? Why? It's functional. don't, Don't get me wrong. I think this game is very, very functional. And that is something that I generally say about a game that lacks theme and heart and just a soul. Vice Counts is basically a discount Rondale. I can think of like two Rondales off the top of my head that are better than this. One being Imperial 20. I was, was going to say, that's the only one I can think of off the top uh, of my head. You haven't played the other one, but Trajan. Oh. Trajan is another one that is very dry, very themeless, but literally, no pun included, runs circles, no pun included. Run circles around discounts. Of Viscounts. Viscounts. That's what I mean. It's like you're going to Walmart. Discount architects. Oh. Uh, it's, it, it's a plethora of options. And I think you can plan ahead for what you want. You just have to hope you get a card that comes out that has I don't it. like hope. Planning and hope are two separate <laughs> well, things. Then you wouldn't like Star Wars Episode Four. Oh, I want to talk about a game that I did like. Okay, first off, let me get off of Vice Counts. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. So Vice Counts. Wow. Ah, no. Between a zero and a ten, what would you say? Uh, no, it's functional, and anything that's functional, I will. A five. I at least think it's average. Now, once I think that it's average, I then go, do I want to play it again? I have no want to play it again. I'd rate it a four, four or three. 3.5. 3.5. I'm locked in. 3.5, baby. I would go five myself as I would. It's uh, fantastic artwork, as always. Oh, oh, oh. Components? Oh, my God. Don't give me God. Those flimsy, paper thin tab, whatever that is, your player board. Not a board, player. Napkin. Player, napkin. player napkin. Player napkin. Oh my god. You think terraforming Mars has bad components? 
This this is oh my! It angered me. Shots I like, fired. <laughs> I, you can nearly see through. It. Hold up, you can see right through it. Oh, Bonacore's thinking. Wait a minute. There's somebody out there that can make cheaper components. <laughs> and the cards. Hold my beer. The cards are super thin. Ah, there's nothing that irritates me more. I like thick cards. I like thick juicy I like cards. Thick cards, and that, I cannot lie that have linen on them. Thick cards with linen. Throw some sheets on there. Yes. Speaking of thick cards. Nights in white linen. I don't know that song. That's satin. It's by the police. Oh. You never heard Nights in White Satin? Phil Collins. <laughs> I like that. I can feel it coming, coming in the air tonight. Crockett and Tubbs. Yeah, I like Crockett and Cigar, Tubbs. Cigar boats. That's cigarette boats. Cigarette, cigarette boats. That, cigarette oh, boats. No, I, I, I know what you're talking about. When you said cigar boats, I like stepped back for a moment and thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is no. that right? Yeah, cigarette boats. Cigarette, cigarette boats. boats. They, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I like every time I used to see a cigarette boat on the lake, I was like, that's a drug dealer. That's a drug I've dealer. I've seen that in Miami Vice. No, no, if we see a cigarette boat over here, they're just bass fishermen. That's all they do. <laughs> I, I'll never, my neighbor, like, I, I will oh. never understand how the fact that I've got uh, everybody has a boat but me. Like literally, people who I've never seen fish, they have a boat and they have a bass boat. They have a forty thousand dollar bass boat. Mm, I love love boats, but my God, all I've ever heard people do when they have a boat is complain about how much work and effort they are. Yeah, I don't know why a boat is different than a car. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if there's more to upkeep. You get water everywhere, and that's hard to. I don't know, but man, I show love tubing. <laughs> Put me on the lake, do some tubing. Oh, I can do that all day. Uh, At least I used to could. Doesn't Mark tubing? Doesn't he own the Mavericks? <laughs> <laughs> he drives a cigarette boat, one of those oh. Cuban cigar boats. Uh, so I was going to talk about a game that I did like. This game called Scora, S K O R A. The designer is. Rory Muldoon. Scora Quest. No. Scora is a... Okay, so first off, let me get everything bad about this game out of the way. This was a game that was actually sent to me as a uh, review copy. We don't get many of those because we never request them. But this game, I actually saw on one of the Facebook board game reviewer uh, groups, and I said, hey, I want to look at this. Scora is about... I don't know. Is it Vikings fishing? It has a very Viking feel to it. It has some amazing artwork. Would you agree with me on that? Am I, is that yes. That? Okay. It has some amazing artwork. And not even like pictures of things, just the, I would say graphic design. Yeah. I want to know who did the artwork on this. You it's probably by, look it up. It's by Lunchbox Games, who I had never heard of. And unfortunately, there are some component issues like the box rip as soon as I opened it up. But it has one of those favorite boxes that I like, like Osprey Games. It has like the book opening. Yeah. Uh, Artist Rory. Oh, the designer and artist. Same dude. Or I say dude. I don't know. Rory Muldoon. Rory Rory Muldoon. That's a hard name. I'm glad. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. I had to thank. Uh, I, that's just not a southern name that we can pronounce. There's too many Rory, Rory Muldoon. Rory Muldoon. Um, some amazing artwork. The the components are sort of somewhat low quality, but this is a this is a like looks like might be not a self published game, but from a uh, not well known design uh, publisher that I know of. I maybe Lunchbox Games might be a huge publisher. I've never heard of them. In Scora, 
you are basically fishermen going out upon this little area, and it is a, I'm going to say it's a, well, it's a card placement game, and not set collection, but there is some set collection. So essentially what it is, there's this little uh, triangular area out in the front of all the players. It's A, B, and C, and this is where the fishing areas are at. And on your turn, you have a handful of cards, and you're playing these cards out to those areas, and you're also putting your boats out there. And those cards allow you to manipulate what, and, the, and oh, the cards are actually the types of fish and the value of the fish, the victory points they give you, and so forth and so on. And as you're playing those cards out there, you're moving your boats around all over these three different areas. And so it's, it plays from like two to four players, I believe. And as you're playing this game, you're playing a card, moving these, these boats around. At the end, after you've played all your cards, you then see who has the area majority in those three areas, who has the most boats. And then you take turns selecting cards out of those areas. And then at the end of the game, you basically see who has the most victory points. And plus, you have a hidden objective, like to catch so many types of this fish or so forth and so on. Uh, this game purports to play in 15 to 20 minutes. I think I taught the game to Gobby and played it in like 15 minutes. It was very fast. It's very quick. And it smacks of, me and Gabi both agreed on this, it smacks of the king is dead. Mm-hmm. It has that very tight, very, uh, like I say, I think it plays better with probably three or four players, more players. You literally have seven cards you're going to play the whole game. Yeah, with two players. But with less, with more players, you have even less cards. You have even less moves. Oh, okay. So it's... it's and every time you play a card... Well, not every time, but generally, you're placing a boat that is fighting for uh, area control of a certain section. And you can, when you play a card, oftentimes you can play a boat that you're going to fish with. And when you play that boat, you can play it to that spot. And oftentimes you can move from other spots, move things around, just kind of like, just kind of not really King's Dead, but it kind of had a kingish of kingish is this deadish type feel. <laughs> the king is not feeling well. <laughs> Uh, this game, if you would have just told me that this game was from Osprey Games. Because, it's from Osprey Games, Jerry. Well, I would have almost believed you. Oh. Because, obviously, like, some of the components are not as good. The cards aren't don't have that linen finish. And like I said, that some of the box is a little low quality. But Imagine all the people. The artwork on this. Imagine is, all the people. Sing linen. Oh, it took me a second there. That's not funny. John Lennon. John Lennon. And I put meeple in there instead of people, making it game related. That's that's Imagine all the people. That's amazing. You should you should write for Walker, Texas Ranger. You're the Yoko to my Lennon. I'm the Yoko to your Ono. Oh uh, no. But Scora is actually a game that I I I was impressed by it. Scora, the Explorer. I don't know what Scora means. I, you should have read the book. I did read the book. It's something mythical. Okay. Well, I was about to say, because it says fantasy, category fantasy. It's a fantasy fishing game. <laughs> Do you want to fish for bass in your dreams? <laughs> Scora. Scora is a very nice, uh, I would say it's best at, well, I would say best at least at three. Yeah. But I was impressed by it. Four would really be tight. But. I, I think that this is a game that if you're looking for something that is very, very quick, and like I said, it says 15 to 20 minutes, they mean it. It is a quick, very light, very easy to explain. I would say, 
I don't want to say it's a gateway it game. It was a review copy sent to us for free. This game is amazing. You got to get it. Oh, shut up. What? That does not. Just because oh. it's a review copy sent oh. to us doesn't mean that we like it's it. It's amazing. You can just ask poor Chad Elkins about that. You ragged on all of his games. Who? Chad Elkins. I, I liked Kingswood. Ah, you like the Kingswood, do you? I loved it. That was sent to us for free. Loved it. Loved it. it. <laughs> um, but it really is good. I, I mean, it's not amazing. It's a simple, simple little game. Right. If you got 15, 20 minutes you want to kill, but need here, to kill, it's good. But here's the thing. I would much rather play this simple, basic game over Vice Counts any day. Uh, I don't think complexity. Oh, sorry. We did not even get to Viscounts, the whole freaking cards that we never even got to. Language? What'd you say? Those debt cards. Debt? Debt? The the black and red cards oh, yeah, that the- are the timing of the game. Like when you run out of those games over, we played for a solid 30 minutes without clearing one of those off the board just like life you know, and, and our that. virtue i don't know after dune i doubt myself a lot now it's like did we play this right i do know <laughs> i do know <laughs> i've been drinking i it I, that the the countdown in viscounts is mm. you put these cards you in a two player game you put twelve cards on top of this thing and when those twelve cards are gone it's the debt card and the red I can't remember the freaking red card's name game over play one more round we played for a solid thirty minutes never touched those cards and I think you touch them when your corruption <laughs> and virtue you, uh, first of all you when you have that corruption and virtue markers. Which are on the, your player board. And they didn't move a whole lot they for us. They didn't move a whole lot. But it was because I was extremely virtuous, as I am in real life. Mm-hmm. And you were completely the same. Like, we, there was just no skullduggery. There wasn't much going on. There was I not, don't know. Well, our I just, kingdom, I our vice counts of the West Kingdom was very lawful. There was no... I, and Yeah. And so that's... I think that kept the game going longer than what it should have. Like, if I could see the game ticking down, that might have, like, added, I don't know, motivation to, like, what am I doing? Yeah, Anticipation. But it was just like, oh, my God, we haven't even begun to fight. It was like... John Paul Jones. Yeah. (laughs) R.I.P. John Paul Jones was a little boy. He pointed to the sea. When I get to be a man, a fighting man I'll be. I don't think that our European listeners know about John Paul Jones. Really? JPJ? They don't. Uh, that's because he embarrassed them. That's true. We don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk we about that. We don't want to lose any listeners. But you know what? what? That's according to our history. He was probably an atrocious, atrocious <laughs> that's, man. That's true. That's true. I've been doing some reading on some of our historical figures. Oh. Yeah. Did you know, like, oh, uh, what's his face? The dude that was going over there uh, to Britain during, uh, what's his face? Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. Ben Franklin. Yeah, apparently he discovered electricity. Yeah, no, uh, he apparently was quite, quite the uh, the ladies' man. Yes. Oh, I heard about that. I, I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, I think he had several venereal diseases. Yes, <laughs> he had the cheese coney. Oh, cheese coney! Oh. <laughs> you got to clap that out of there. Oh no! Oh no! Every time you, oh, like, no. you knew he was coming. No, here no. comes Ben. Okay, here comes Ben. Listen, stop. I've been with Franklin. That's what all the ladies said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's been 
thing. That's the sound of being right there. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Close this out. That's going to do it for this episode of the Board Game Snobs. Ended on the top. Until then. Until when? Who knows? I'm Gobby. Uh-huh. That's Jerry. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. Stay classy.